Like the phoenix rising from the ashes. It's once again, Ophelia Talks. My humblest apologies for being away for a while. It's been a very busy top of the year, but I sincerely hope that the new year has found you well, that you've enjoyed your holidays. But I'm back. I'm back. I'm here. My name is Zach Rich. In case you have forgotten, I am your humble host, your humble company manager, everything else that's humble and dear to you, the people. We're going to get to today's episode in just a little bit. couple of housekeeping notes. It's all Lysistrata Jones all the time for the next couple of weeks here at Ophelia Talks. I'm going to get a chance to sit down with some of our production team and our fabulous actors to talk a little bit about themselves and the show that is coming up. Tickets for Lysistrata Jones will soon be available. As soon as they are, you, my fine people, will know. My guest this week is Chloe Costman. She is the fabulous actress who is portraying the titular character herself of Lysistrata Jones. She is such a delight. We had such a wonderful conversation. I can't wait for you to meet her because I sure as hell enjoyed meeting her. I want to thank Fiend in Green for the use of our theme song. As always, it's called Welcome to Enjoy off the album Green Planet Adventures. You can find all of their wonderful tracks at fiendingreen.bandcamp.com. And as a little bonus treat, our outro song this week is by the Oceanas, which is Chloe's band themselves. The track is called Like Love off of their EP Howl. You can find more about them at theoceanas.com. That is T-H-E-O-S-H-Y-A-N-N-A-S dot com. It's a fabulous track. I want to tell you to just skip the interview and listen to it, but I'm not going to do that because the interview itself is just really, really good. Uh, episodes will be posted probably on Thursdays going forward. I know we were doing the Wednesday thing before, but Thursdays just seem a little more appropriate. Have a good week for yourselves. Enjoy the episode. Come back around anytime. I'd love to see ya. It's Ophelia Talks. Enjoy. I don't know anything about you besides the fact that your singing voice is impeccable. Thank you. It's really good. Uh, <laughs> I'm probably high. just going to sit here. I, I gush about people that are talented. And like when we started playing this out and everything, my first thought was like, I'm going to be really nervous because she's really talented. Oh. And I'm really nervous. <laughs> <laughs> don't be nervous. I know nothing about you. Let's assume that anyone listening to this, unless they're your mother, is doesn't have a clue who you are. What's the one thing you want people to know about you more than anything else? Kindness. Just kindness. The word kindness. Yeah, kindness you, is you the most important about thing you? to me in the world. I mean, that's the first thing that comes to my head is that I, you know, to me it doesn't nothing matters if we're not being kind to each other and I think that's so important always but is becoming more relevant now i just think how can you get through this world or this business or this anything if you're not being a kind human being so, so. she's really talented she's really kind <laughs> 
That's all you need. I could end the. I could end this we're interview done. right and now. We're done. That's and we're going. Uh, come see Lisa Strata. No. Uh, you told me. I wish you had told me this before we started recording because I just got so excited about it. But you're in a band. Yeah. Tell me about your band. Yeah. So I'm in a band called the Oceanas. That's and... so Greek. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's really just theming all around. Yeah, yeah. That was it. Was really I was prepping. For I think Billy stuff. was telling me about this. It's an acapella band, right? No, no. So okay. we're a female trio that is like largely based on our our harmonies. So I I would understand why she would say that. But, gotcha. Um, yeah, we're like a contemporary folk trio. We know we've known each other for a long time. We we all grew up going to this island off the coast of New Hampshire. Uh, and we met working there in the summers in college. And so just sort of started playing music when we were out there. And then we were all in New York and we all lived together for a while. And so, yeah, we've been playing music for like two and a half years now. And it just is like feeds my soul. The true bohemian lifestyle yeah, there. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Awesome. You're from New Hampshire then? No, I'm Brooklyn born and raised. No kidding? Yeah. Okay. What brought you from New Hampshire back down to... Cool. So I... Never actually lived in New Hampshire. I went to college in Manhattan as well. But because I grew up going to this island in the summers with my family, which I just knew about from my grandparents and all that jazz, that I so I never actually lived up there. Gotcha. It was just like okay. a summer I, I was doing some brief Facebook stalking, but uh-huh. realized we weren't <laughs> friends yet. So I only got like the mm. Cliff Notes thing you share in public. And I was like, work history. New Hampshire, New Hampshire, New Hampshire. <laughs> Must be New Hampshire. That's so funny. Obviously, I did my homework. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you grew up in Brooklyn. Then you went to Amdo, right? I did, yeah. When we're looking at a show like Lysistrata Jones, which takes place in what is basically a safety school of sorts, mm-hmm. do you see the kind of social casts that Lysistrata has in a place like Amda, or are you doing some like vast research on folks that have gone to public schools like yeah. me? Yeah, no, you definitely don't see it because it's like strictly conservatory and we didn't have a basketball team. We didn't, you right. know, we don't have those things. Did you have, like, the popular kids that everyone wanted to be? Not really. Okay. Not really. I feel like in that musical theater environment, it's just everyone's jealous of each other the entire yeah, time. No, no. It's like, <laughs> to be honest, no, actually, when I was at AMDA, it was more just like, we're all just, like, in this crazy, really intense program together, and all we could do was, like, love each other and survive. And we're in these little, like, tiny groups of people that you sort of travel with a lot, so you don't really get to know people outside of your little pod yeah it's a very strange sort of setup but I had a lot of friends who who I would visit at their schools a lot so when I was in college and so I I have like little glimpses of the quote-unquote normal college experience sure little little bits to pull from (laughs) do you think any of your like high school life too (laughs) no I went to were um, you the popular kid oh my goodness or were you more the Xander and Robin type I don't well okay so I went to LaGuardia high school okay so again it was like all of these like artsy fartsy kids that we just like I don't even know (laughs) so this is just a lifestyle that you've been born into and you'll never leave and I'll never leave yeah no, so I'll have to talk to my friends who grew up in, like, more suburban, again, like, quote-unquote, typical high school, college experience. I could give to, you the full yeah, story. Please, please. My God. Uh, reading the play for the first time just, like, brought me back to everything because of the social caste system of, like, who's the popular kid? Who's the nerdy kid? These unmentionable people that should never end up together, but somehow they do, and it's so cute. That's my, that was my entire life for eight whole years. It's so funny. It's going to be reliving an entire experience, yeah. and I'm all for it. So, if you were to compare yourself to Lissy when you were in college, is there much of a corollary, corollary there? Yeah, I think so. I think so. When I 
when I got to Anda, I had this sort of moment of, can I curse? Yeah, I'll bleep it out. <laughs> I had this moment of, oh, wow, now, this is my, this is my shot. Like, this is my chance to really work hard and hone in on my craft. And so I just was like business. I was like not, in some ways I wasn't there to make friends. I wasn't there to like mess around and have a college experience. I was a reality just, TV show. I know, I know. <laughs> it was so, I mean, and I softened as I went through because I was like, oh, I'm eight, 19, 20 years old. I need to like be in college a little bit. But, so yeah, I think that like her drive her determination and that sort of like very business attitude that she can have is similar to the way I was in college. I haven't always been quite as like unbelievably positive as she is. I don't think anybody in this world is. Yeah. That's the wonderful thing about fiction. You can just get rid of the negative qualities. Totally. But yeah, it's hard to maintain that level of positivity, but I can already see just watching you sing on Monday. Mm -hmm. Was it Monday? Mm -hmm. Has it only been a week? Mm-hmm. I, know. Just goes. I know. I know. Watch you see on Monday, you really started to capture that energy. And we haven't even started rehearsals yet. Yeah, like, yeah. I'm I'm baffled that this is where we're at. Totally. And it's not even week one of the rehearsal process. Totally. And and that's why, I mean, so much of that question is hard to answer because I have, like, a out-of-my-body image of who she is right now and how she is, but it's not quite in my body yet. So I'm excited to be able to, like, flesh out that question a little bit more. How many years out of AMDA are you? I guess almost four, three and a half. Billy said something so interesting during the cabaret that like made my mouth go slack. You've never had a leading role like this before? Yeah, no. That's insane. I know. I, That's so nuts. <laughs> I've, I have... You just slave away in ensembles then? <laughs> well, not as... I, you know, because I'm not... I wasn't... I'm not built for... Yeah, I have this memory of, of seeing... Um, Catch Me If You Can on Broadway when I was like 17 and and all of a sudden thinking, oh my God, that's not me. Like I will never be that ensemble girl just because of the way like my body is built and, and my dance skills and all of those things. So in some ways, yes, like I've done a lot of, I've done some understudying and I've been like a lead among leads. I was Jeannie in, in hair with Billy. That's how we know each other. Okay. Um, and I was Olive in Spelling Bee. And so all of these shows where it's like more of a team in terms of the leads. But I've never been in a show where it was like, this is all on you. You know, like this, <laughs> you're running We're this. We're banking everything on you. <laughs> yeah. Your name's in the lights. Get out there, Yeah, kid. I mean, not that, you know, everything is, everything is, is an ensemble and every show runs based on how everyone works together. But yeah, this is this is sort of my first with that. So I'm really excited. I'm excited I, for the challenge. I remember the first time I did a show. I studied musical theater in college mm-hmm. too. And the first time, I think the only show I've ever done where I had like my own number, I played Cladwell in Urinetown. Mm-hmm. And I just remember the first rehearsal of doing uh, his title number, Mr. Cladwell, and realizing that everything was about you in that moment. It was the most exciting but scary, mm-hmm. but like, oh, everything's on me at this yeah. moment right now. Yeah. Everyone's dancing. It's it's weird to go from everyone dancing around you, or mm-hmm. dancing around someone to dancing around you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's also, I mean, I think that in terms of, like, bringing a group of people together, it, you do have a certain responsibility to, like, take some leadership role, which I'm excited about. I think that, you know, especially playing a character like Liz, she's so positive that... I think bringing some of that to, you know, having to, like, K-1 
carry a show. I don't know. It's exciting. You don't want to be super positive on stage and the second you get off be like, I'm yeah. fucking terrible. Yeah, right? Yeah, no. When we're approaching a show like this, one of the things that Billy has been toting a lot is we're in this moment of female empowerment mm-hmm. and the female movement. This show is, for the most part, an entirely female production team and we have a centerpiece of this strong, independent female uh how do you approach things from that kind of angle when we're talking about the show being one of women's empowerment and equality amongst the genders i guess how do you how do you mean do you mean how do i approach playing this character in light of that or yeah yeah because she's such a vulnerable and open character mm That really just starts to take control of both her sex, like especially in the original Lysistrata, taking advantage of both your sexuality, your mm-hmm. power over other people. Like this is people coming into their own in the coming of age fashion. You know, it's interesting because so when I when I first was talking to Billy about about this show, and when she told me when she called me and said we'd love for you to play Lysistrata, my first thought was, I really want to sit down with Billy and talk about the show and talk about, like, how do we do this given the time that we're in and given all of these conversations around sexuality and sexual assault and and all, all of the people coming forward with all of these stories that has sparked this really important dialogue. And so my first thought was, I really want to sit down and make sure that we're talking about this the right way and and portraying it the right way. So I'm not exactly sure yet, but I think that the difficult thing as a woman is to be able to have that voice without being looked at as, you know, there's so many negative things that can be said about a woman in power and a woman who uses her voice and uses that power. And so I think that as far as I can tell right now, having not even started any rehearsals on anything is just use the positive spin on everything in terms of who Liz is as a person because I think especially when you have a show that's about really young people it can get angsty really easily and I think um and so I think that focusing on the kindness focusing on the positivity and focusing on the conversations that happen I think that it's easy as an actor to go on stage and be so worried about your own performance but I think if what we can focus on is the conversation between these people about this about this power about this coming into your sexuality and and using that 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 conversation is what's really important does that make any sense i think it does i really appreciate the kind of angle that i think you're coming into the room with about this being a collaborative process because at Mm -hmm. the end of the day it's not about you or me it's about everyone totally approaching this from the communal standpoint as an actor like that's how i approach a role as Mm -hmm. well uh so hearing that out of someone else comes back to your overarching idea of kindness exactly i really really appreciate that yeah and i think that i think also you know i mean so much of what we can do is start small when it comes to anything so aside from the um plot of the show i think it's also important that we're gonna bring together this group of people and be able to talk about this stuff. So that, I think, is really cool because then you can inevitably, hopefully, take that in each person individually in the cast and the team and whoever can take that into their lives, you know? Yeah, something something to bring home with you after the show. Exactly. I like that. What's some of the other stuff you've worked on since school? Oof. Um, So the first show I booked out of school was Hair, which is, again, how I know Billy. 
Um, so I was... I feel like everyone's had their hair production at yeah. some point in their life. I'm still waiting for mine, oh, but it's I just like a comes. rite of passage for yeah. life. It's honestly my favorite show of all time and always has been. So when I, when I booked it, I was like, wow, this is such a sign. It was like, okay, first show out of school, and of course it's hair. It was incredible it was also just such a wonderful experience it's a very freeing show and it's absolutely it's weird i had a very negative view on it throughout (laughs) all of my college life because i was kind of like a a more tightly constructed person Mm -hmm. very much not as openly and giving as it was and the more i've listened to the show and the more i've done my research about the time period and the work and everything that goes into a production of something like that like Okay, now it's a wee bit more appealing. <laughs> totally. So I did that, and then I do a lot of new works. I do a lot of, like, fringe and, and things like that. And I and I really love that. I think that's where my heart truly is, is in new work. So, and I did, like I said, I did Spelling Bee. I was Olive in Spelling Bee. Most recently, the, like... Who did you play in Spelling Bee? I was Olive. You did not tell me that. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Oh, it was so fun. That's a, that's a dream show. Oh, it, and, and and I'm jealous of people who get to see it not knowing what happens because I had never seen it until I started working on it. It's just, if you don't know what's happening and then you see it, it's just, I mean, it will always be just the funniest show ever and it's, it's so much fun, but... Yeah. The level of audience participation needed for that show, like, I love bringing people to it blind and just yeah. not telling them what it is. Yeah. I'm like, oh, it's a spelling bee. Stuff happens. Yep. Yeah, yeah. And I'm so, I'm so incredibly passionate about immersive theater. And so it, that is just like scratches the surface of having, you know, of having audience involvement. So I dragged a friend to it. And when they like, put up your hand, see if you want to do it. I immediately like reached her hand up for yeah. her and she got chosen and she was very mad at me. Yeah. yeah. But you gotta drag people to that kind of thing. Totally. Totally. <laughs> or the two things that I most recently did, the, the first time that I did a show at like a really big theater and it was the first time I was paid in my career, which was mm. really cool. Um, I did Ghost at White Plains Performing Arts Center. Yes, I heard about that. Which was great. I understudied Natalie Weiss, and she's an angel. It was just such a good experience. She's it was really so much fun. People. Yeah. And then I did Songs for a New World in December, uh, which was like a an immersive production at Alice's Teacup on the Upper East Side, and it was really so okay. So much fun. You're checking all the boxes of just all the shows I've always wanted. Oh my to goodness. Do. That's Songs awesome. for New. That was. I'm not the kind of person that likes listening to musicals out of mm-hmm. context. Mm-hmm. I don't really listen to the music. If I'm not just like sitting down with a libretto reading through everything, but anything Jason Robert Brown really is Oh my god. Just a trip by itself. And that music, it's just like butter for singers. It was so much fun to sing. It was yeah, it was so much fun. It's that intoxicating. Was, yeah. It was it's great. it's I when I was a dumb, stupid kid auditioning relentlessly, I had it in my book I had uh, She Cries in my book mm-hmm. which was the bane of all <laughs> pianists everywhere and I'd bring yeah. it in and they'd go don't do this to me <laughs> and I was too stupid to know better yeah yeah but the music is so beautiful do you find your love for musical theater as strong as it was when you were out of school oh my I, it's just like so funny I feel so cheesy saying this but I actually think I love it more now only because I didn't really know who I was when I graduated I didn't no one does you know I mean yeah of course nobody does but I so I felt like you know you're constantly trying to put yourself in this box of like do I fit in this show and do I fit in that show and and I think like I said earlier what I really am passionate about and where I fit most is 
new works is this like new fun change in the game contemporary whatever it is and so I'm so excited about that and I'm so excited about also I mean a show like Lysistrata where I'm just so excited about playing this role and being a part of the show that I think I, I love it more now because I know what excites me rather than not that shows from any part of the musical theater history don't excite me but I think that because I found this sort of niche that really like lights the fire in me that that is why I'm more excited about it now it's hard to know when you're in school just how much new work is Mm -hmm. out there Mm -hmm. and it's all game changing and it changes every single day the shape of like just looking at the musicals on Broadway right now if you remove like stuff that's based on an existing IP things change things change rapidly the music of the 2010s is radically different than anything that even like when we were in school with Totally. I don't think something like American Idiot would have survived on Broadway in this day and age. Yeah, 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 totally. It's so exciting. Yeah, and so. you seem to be finding your niche. Mm, yeah. What else do you do outside of theater? Theater. Many things. I've always been very passionate in the fitness world. I've wanted my yoga teacher training for a long time. Okay. So hopefully that'll happen soonish. I Yeah, I don't know. I, I love to cook. I really love cooking. I recently started baking, which is really fun. How's that going? Um, it's okay. It's um, a lot harder than you think <laughs> it is. I'm starting with banana bread. My favorite. Oh, my goodness. If you come into rehearsal with a loaf of banana bread, I will eat half of it. Oh, I have some in my bag right now for you. <laughs> <laughs> Folks, uh, she can stay. <laughs> so, so yeah. And, um, I've been bartending for for a while now, which is not sustainable and... But is really fun and has been like a really great skill for me to acquire. What kind of bars have you bartended in? Oh boy. I've done everything from like sports bar craziness. I think we've talked about the the way I knew Ophelia long ago was because of Eric. Eric and I Eric and Kevin and I okay. all worked together at Bubba Gump. No kidding. Yeah, so okay. my I can't believe I'm saying this on this podcast. Um, my first bartending gig was at Bubba Gump. And now I work at a wonderful, tiny little Mexican restaurant in Crown Heights in my neighborhood called Chevella's. You should all come and eat there because it's beautiful. That's the dream for me because I, I've been a server for several years at another Times Square restaurant. Mm-hmm. Did the bartending thing for a little while, but when you've got corporate bosses breathing down totally. your neck and everything needs to be measured and the servers are terrible at waiting for anything. <laughs> yeah, it's, And all you it's, do is pour lemonade. And it's too stressful. It's too stressful when it's not what you want to do. I think, I mean, you know, working in restaurants is a great, is a great tool for artists and actors when you need like good money and a flexible schedule and all that. But I think that the thing I've learned being a couple years out of school now is that I'm sort of (laughs) done. (laughs) Um, And I, and I think that there are ways to find a quote unquote, like side gig or whatever it is that is the extra money when you're not working. Um, the rent payer. Yeah, that is a little more sustainable. But I, but I do love bartending. It's really, it's a good skill. And also, I mean, I meet incredible people all day, which is really cool. It is really so. nice. Have you had any celebrity encounters when bartending? I don't think so. Nobody shows up in bubble gum. But it's like it's not like Tom rolls in and goes, "Well, time to relieve my glory days." So funny. Everyone always said that. Um, no, I... There I've were a asked couple, Kevin and Eric that a million times and yeah. they hate me when I do. <laughs> there were a couple people that came in, but, like, I, I don't know. I live under a rock. I'm not really good at, like, <laughs> pop culture and, like, relevant. Oh, that's Steve Kovnik. <laughs> Who? Who? <laughs> I literally... Yeah, so... 
I either wouldn't know or it would happen when I wasn't there. Uh, what else do you like? What else? Um, you know, it's so funny. It's a, it's, uh, I'm, it's often a hard question to answer, even though I think it's absolutely the most important thing as an actor to have things that are not Not acting. acting. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I, I paint and like my band is huge. My band is really huge because it's music, which just isn't obviously a huge part of my life, but isn't theater. And I write a lot of my own music, uh, for the band and not for the band and, yeah, I don't I don't know. I mean, I, I like to get out of the city. I like to hike. It's good to be well-rounded. Yes, it's so important. I found when I moved to New York, I had a severe burnout from mm-hmm. just like hitting the audition circuit mm-hmm. every day and then losing all interest in that. So it's good to keep your like life well-rounded. Totally. And how could you be an actor if you're not a human being, you know? If, if you're you not spend... taking things in. Totally. If yeah. you spend all day, every day auditioning and, and all of that jazz, it's great and it's necessary, but you also need the like other parts of your life that make you a human being. I was sitting in a room with a couple of friends the other day and they were just talking like TV and movies and this show and that show and that film. And I'm sitting there and I'm thinking to myself, the last time I watched an Oscar nominated <laughs> film was Argo. Oh my goodness. <laughs> so I've been remedying yep. yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, and this season is so good. Of, like, TV? Uh, of Oscar-nominated films. Oscar-nominated films. Oh, absolutely. Oh, my goodness. What have you caught? Well, so I haven't seen much because my life is absolutely insane right now. But I can't wait to see... I mean, the one I really, really want to see, because I know Timmy Chalmay, is... Um, Call Me By Your Name. You know him? Yeah, we went to high school together. What? Yeah, so I also know Ansel, which is crazy. Like, I was watching the Golden Globes, and to see these two people that I went to high school with and did shows with in high school, they're, like, just sitting at the Golden Globes, and, I mean, it's it's incredible for them. That blows so, my mind. Yeah. I'm of the type where, like, celebrities just exist on my TV, and when I see them in real life, I don't get starstruck, I just go... Yeah, it's... Yeah, you're like... Well, it's an uh, audio medium, like but I just made a circuit. face. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, totally. So, I've seen Coco. That's the only thing I've seen. The animated, the that new is, Pixar movie. That's on my list. Oh my that's goodness, on my I just extremely sobbed. long it's list. It's so good. I got to see Lady Bird. And Which, I, I can't wait to see. It was so fascinating because I don't think it's like the best movie I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't go anywhere where you don't think it's going to go. Mm-hmm. But it still just makes you want to call your mom and dad and tell them you love them. Yeah. I got out of that theater and I just... Kind of sat there for a few minutes being like, wow, I made a lot of mistakes in high school. <laughs> oh, yeah, but didn't we all? It's, I mean, yeah, come on. It's one of those films. Totally. I'm the only person alive that hasn't seen Star Wars yet, so I really need Actually, to. Actually, you know, I was just talking to a couple people the other day who my boyfriend also has never seen Star Wars. Um, <laughs> so you're not alone. Okay. You're not alone. I feel much safer. <laughs> Chloe, it was so much fun to talk to you today. Oh, thank you for having me. This is wonderful. It I was fun to have you. I can't wait to get started. I can't wait to see you work. Like, you're just a joy. You're a really joyous person. I'm excited to get to know you better. I'm excited for the world to get to know you better. You're doing Tuang Fu. I am. I'm so excited. Oh, boy. I'm so excited. It's a reading of... Never seen what? I've never seen the movie. Oh, well, see the movie. I know. It's on my... We start rehearsals in, I think, like two weeks. Yeah, in like a second. Yeah, so I have to watch it before we start. I'm really excited. I'm so excited for you. Yeah. That's some good stuff. Yeah, it's going to be so much fun. Lissa Strata Jones is playing this March. We run for four weekends. Tickets will soon be available. Stick it here to hear more about that delightful stuff, as well as everything going on at the Ophelia Theater Group. 
For Chloe Cosman and myself, my name is Zach Rich, and this has been Ophelia Talks. Once there was a girl who fell into something like love. It was not quite love, but it was quite new. And she thought it funny that it took till 22. He belonged to her, but she It ain't quite